but flipping things to virtual just has its opportunities and its challenges. You know, we've watched the expenses, you know, from a from a travel standpoint drop on our PL. But then on the other side of it, ramping up the technology and making sure you have the right platform to engage your audience. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, please visit our website at www.raycpa.com slash podcast and sign up for updates. The tough part about developing your organization's employee development strategy is forgetting the fact that one size can't fit all. Today, Annie Yoder, Principal and Director of Development at Rain Associates, is here to talk to us about how you can balance employee development amongst a broad scale and the differences between coaching, mentorship, and advocacy. Welcome to Unsuitable, Annie. Great to see you, Doug. Why are you so dressed up? Oh, uh, you know, I had to meet with an attorney this morning. <laughs> oh, so. there it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess once in a while you got to do it. But uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for but having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. I, I'm so thrilled to have you on because I just think what you do in terms of leading the the development for our organization and really your insight as a thought leader is is just tremendous. And uh, so I'm hopeful that we can share some of those insights with with our audience today. So thank you for for being with us. Absolutely. Willing, willing to do that for sure. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is so, so interesting is this concept that we're we're dealing with during COVID. And we've had to obviously pivot very quickly. So can you talk about what we're doing with regard to training during a, a, a pandemic? And obviously, none of us saw this coming. But what, what have we done? Or what do you, what do you re- recommend for folks out there to change their, their practices with uh, training? Yeah, you know, we, I think, Doug, you and I and, and whomever else could probably spend an entire day just talking about that, that particular topic. And it is, um, it's been amazing and fun to watch our organization. It's been a massive team effort, first and foremost. There is no one person tackling all of this. But flipping things to virtual just has its opportunities and its challenges. You know, we've watched the expenses, you know, from a from a travel standpoint, drop on our PL. But then on the other side of it, ramping up the technology and making sure you have the right platform to engage your audience. And so I think a, a solid example for us is we have an all hands retreat every year. And the most fun and exciting part about retreat is physically being together and having fun together. Right. So trying to shift that, you know, we did our best this year, flipping to virtual, trying to have, uh, you know, engagement via the platform and all of those things. And, and resoundingly, we got good feedback about 
how we did it and how the team flipped to virtual. So I think really, truly the advice, you know, for those listening is you need to know your culture first and foremost. You need to know the values of the organization so you can tie your training, whether virtual or in person, back to those values. So one of our core values, although it's not, I don't think specifically written in the Rayway, is, is you know, connection. Make sure yeah. you, you connect. I mean, it's, it's the undertones are in the Rayway. So yeah. we did our best as we flipped to virtual to still remain connected across the organization. I think that's super important. Yeah, I think it's incumbent upon all of us to really make that that extra effort. I know with our with our teams yeah. and stuff when we're talking about either assurance engagements or tax or cyber anything, keep your teams, you know, uh, informed. Make sure that yeah. we're talking more so than ever. Make that Absolutely. That extra. No, I was just going to say the mediums of communication too can just be overwhelming. You know, the the feedback we get is well, you're training via email, right? You're, you're trying to push things out via email over and over again. And, and I think that's where we as an organization have a, a lots of room to, to grow via, you know, the intranet and teams and different modes of communication. So we capture multiple people. That's that one size fits one. Not everybody's going to learn via communication, written word. So how else can we get mediums out there? And I think that's really good for organizations to think about too. We got to learn a little differently. So make sure you're thinking in different buckets. I think that's a great way to look at it because you're right. I mean, some of us, you know, you would prefer to read and do it that way. Others, right. you know, it's got to be, you've got to be in person, kind of have that, you know, attention is is just uh, there to sort of grab your thought and, and make you move in different ways and, and think yeah. in different ways. So you can't have that yeah. one. One of the things I worry about, it's not so much for, for somebody like me and a, a quote unquote oldster, I guess, but our young people, you know, we, we continue to hire obviously and have interns and first and second year people. Yeah. How do we make sure they're developing and that they're attached to our organization in the right way? Yeah. So onboarding is directly tied to the development of the organization. And we're going to be going through a, a continued overhaul and kind of uh, maintenance of our onboarding process. And um, that's just a tiny piece of it. But I think really it is making sure there's some core core courses, core trainings that everybody flows through. And so when they come into the organization, the first and, and most important thing is on the job training and, and do they feel like they belong? Because whether or not we throw technical training or, you know, they're learning, they're learning in a, in a machine shop, how to, how to work on a piece of equipment that doesn't matter. Do they feel like they belong in the organization? And again, back to that word connection, are they connecting to people in the organization? And that's the non-classroom training stuff that we have to continue to get better at and continue to develop as well as, you know, the organizations we support and the, the ones that are listening today. How do you how do you try to do things to gain that emotional attachment or that connection for for an employee? I mean that's that's so hard when we can't be as in person as we like. Yeah, you, you know it's finding ways um, virtually, physically physically seeing people on screen is super important so that you can see facial expressions, body language. I'm not saying anything new here. We know we can get more from that, but it's also quite frankly, is just caring enough to ask questions. Be curious about the person on the other side of the screen. It doesn't have to be all business all the time. 
And there are people that, you know, are a little more guarded with those types of communications. And that's okay, too. It's just going to take a little bit more time. So, you know, my office looks like a bit of a mess. But if, if it were you, Doug, I'd, I'd hope that I might see a picture behind you and say, hey, I see you like the pucks. Like, let's right. chat a little bit about the game, the game last week. There's all sorts of little cues that you can find in that conversation or b- behind the person or that they say that you just need to dig a little deeper. And I think asking lots of questions can get you there. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to, to do it. I know when I'm out visiting with clients or prospective clients, uh, that's one of the first things I try to do is is look around when I walk in their building, their their lobby, and just mm-hmm. notice what's there. And to yeah. your point, what pictures are there? Maybe they've got yeah. some awards or plaques or you know whatever the case might be. Um, right. And there's a lot right. of fun stuff we've all figured out how to do too, like virtual happy hours, things oh, like that. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? yeah our dub- our uh, committee of awesomeness is is doing awesome things down in our in our Dublin office for sure. It's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, Abby, who's uh, heading up that committee, is, is one of yep. our podcast producers. So kudos yep. to her. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and we love the name too, right? Committee yep, of Awesome. Absolutely. absolutely. Another acronym for us. Yes, that's that's <laughs> what we need, right? But, yep. you know, so all this can seem, right, a bit overwhelming if yep. you're an organization. So mm-hmm. where where do you start with some mm-hmm. of this? What's interesting is I've had some conversations with organizations and they've asked that very question. And so I I go back to the beginning. You need to have your core values, which need to remain intact over time. You need to have those defined. And then you're going to have a culture that evolves as the organization evolves. Your culture is going to evolve and that's perfectly okay. But if you can go back to those values as an organization, you don't have those intact or written down somewhere, get a team together to start that conversation because the values are going to tie to your strategy. And then when you have your strategy, even before, before that, excuse me, you're going to have a leadership team that is helping drive the organization. And then you can start to connect your development to all back to your values and to your strategy as an organization. But if you're trying to boil the ocean, you know, don't bother us as an organization, you know, this has been a work in progress for, five years and it's going to be into perpetuity. This, this There's no finish line with development of employees. So if you can figure out, you know, what is, what are your values? What is your strategy? And then start to tie from there. I would urge people to think about um, the new people coming into the organization. How do you get them to belong? And then how do you connect your development from layer to layer in the organization? So for instance, how does the training development at the new higher level tied to the mid-level, tied to the upper level, and then ultimately into the C-suite, et cetera? You want those things to tie to one another. Yeah, that's uh, that certainly um, makes a lot of sense. But it, it doesn't really have to be complex for people either, right? I mean, they can come up with you know a couple of simple core values and, and build that yeah. into who they are as an organization and, and kind of take Absolutely. it from there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Think think about communication in a virtual environment. Communication was imperative before; it's even more imperative now. And if that's one of your core values, you don't have to go at it alone. You don't. You could Google it, and there's a thousand people that could come into your organization and help ramp up communication skills inside the organization. So, getting to know the vendors that are uh, can support you, 
super important. Don't try to do this alone because there are so many people that are entrenched in learning and uh, the development of people that are super awesome at this and, and make sure you lean on those folks. That's great advice. Uh, not not trying to go it alone uh, necessarily. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things that, that you talk about often, and, and this just is so fascinating to me, and that's this concept of kind of coaching versus mentorship versus advocacy. And, yeah. and those are, they're very different, right? They in, are. In many ways. So talk a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah, they are very different. And I think um, if you don't know the difference, sometimes people use those words interchangeably. And they actually, there's some pretty solid lines between coaching, mentoring, and advocacy. So coaching typically is really focused on, it's assigned. So that's kind of the best thing. If you think of, usually a coach is assigned to you and you're talking about career development or job performance. How did I do on this engagement or this, this um, you know, project that I worked on. So or you're going to talk, start to creep into some career development, of course, but it's very focused on how I, how am I doing in this role now and starting to creep into career development. Mentorship, you truly, you ask for that relationship, but a lot of times it's not, hey, will you be my mentor? It naturally happens over time, but there, there tends to be a connection between the individual and often someone that is more tenured in their career mm-hmm. because you tend to lean on that person when you have questions. I have many mentors outside of our organization that I lean on frequently, but those relationships weren't me asking, will you be my mentor? It was, I started with a question or a lunch and that relationship built over time. So forced mentorship doesn't, doesn't work well. Typically, right? You want that relationship to be really solid. And I'm sure, Doug, that you've had many mentors in in your career. Absolutely. I've got one uh, that I've had probably longer than any, and I still rely on that person today. And, And it's just more than anything, you get together and you have a conversation and it's just that for whatever reason, their, their insight or their way of thinking really resonates with me and it, it connects and it forces me to take a step back and think just evaluate and, and kind yeah. of look at a bigger picture. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't necessarily, this isn't somebody who has um, done what what I've done necessarily or held the right. same career path, but it's just it's more of a mode of thinking, I guess. Right, right. They challenge mm-hmm. the way you think and, you know, sometimes even can call you on the carpet when you're when you're running down a road you shouldn't. So, um, and ad, just real quickly, advocacy People don't, I, I feel like not a lot of people really think about advocacy and the importance of it. And advocacy is earned. So that's the, that's the word I use and connect with advocacy. A lot of times you don't even know you have advocates. It's yeah. the conversation going on when the door is closed and there's performance discussions happening. There's career discussions happening. And someone in that room is talking about you. Yeah. So you earn you earn advocacy and certainly in public accounting it is incredibly important and many many organizations advocacy think of it as this is not hanging on the coat strings of someone this is someone helping pull you up slowly and say and you're, you are earning that advocacy through you know through that relationship as well and I find this one interesting too I, I agree with you I think those conversations of course they go on 
much more than we we ever think they do, right? Right, right. But uh, in terms of somebody who's your advocate within your organization, do you think it's fair to continue to have um, an openness with regard to that advocacy or is it better that it's sort of maybe kind of secret or, or either way, I guess. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. Cause I, no. I find that interesting. That is, that's a, I think that's a, a really good question and something we could certainly ponder. I can tell you those that I advocate for, I usually am very transparent with them. Like, and th- because it's almost a mix of an advocacy and a mentorship relationship that kind of mm-hmm. intertwine with each other. So, you know, there's times that I'm like, you know, I, the reason that I'm asking you to be on this committee as an example is because I'm advocating for you that you have a seat at the table and this is a way Mm. for you to have a seat at the table. I think it's, I I would say, Doug, maybe it's a little mix of both because there's so many conversations happening about development that oftentimes those people don't, they don't know that they're being advocated for. Yeah, I know. And and I've got some like that. It's just, it's interesting. They've evolved different ways. There's some that I'm sort of maybe a, a secret advocate for and, and haven't necessarily told that person. I probably will at some point. And I have others right. that, you know, again, it's very transparent. Like you said, right. it's like, hey, I'd, I'd really like to see you involved in this or, you know, right. that kind of thing. So right. 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 how do we make, you know, you, you talked about what mentorship and, and advocacy. Those are Those are more... Now, let's just say informal, I guess, um, mm-hmm. in, in some ways. Coaching, obviously, though, is is much more of a a documented type of process. Right. Yeah. How have you seen How have you seen that evolve, and and where do we go moving forward as we talk about you know integrating you know additional young people and and diversity and all those things? How do we How do we evolve the the documentation yeah. that we do around our coaching? Yeah, so I think this is a super interesting topic for me because if you go back to the first industrial revolution or go back to when the manufacturing boom started to happen, a lot of performance management started to come out of that, right? And so it was, how many widgets am I producing or how many hours am I clocking? So it was a very, let's talk at year end and we can look at your production and that's how you performed. Well, that, you know, that moved into the time of GE right? The nine box grid, all of those things. So the evolution has been very interesting to look at it. We are now in a a period of performance management that ties to the word agile. You hear that in in software (laughs) development a lot, like that concept of being agile or the agile process. And so performance management over the last, I'll say 10 years has moved that direction. What does that mean for us? What does it mean for those listening? It just means more continuous feedback. And what really, what's interesting to me, and I think very good about that is that ties to what the new generations coming into the workforce are demanding. We want continuous feedback. So as an organization, as, as um, Rain Associates, we are actually in the midst of, we're going to overhaul our performance management and move to a more agile approach. So a lot of the the larger firms, large organizations already are, you know, in that agile process. It just takes time, effort, and a lot of times a platform, a piece of technology. You don't have to have the technology to to, to help support that that agile approach. Yeah. Do we find do you, is more of that going to be occurring? You know, with smartphones and and things like that. I mean, are there? Yep. It's yeah. beyond the traditional. Hey, let's sit down and here's this 
form that we we fill yeah. out, right? Right. It's, it's not just the mobile, but integrations with things like Outlook. We're always in email. Mm-hmm. So let's say you had a quick dialogue with a coach E via, via Outlook. Well, I need to get that into the right place so I can refer back to that when we're having a, a mid-year, a final, you yeah. know, final eval, et cetera. You can push that right into a piece of technology, into a platform so that you can refer back to it. So then you take performance management and then the concept of engagement and you can tie those things together as well, which is, is again, super interesting because then you're looking at kind of the whole, the whole life cycle of the employee with performance yeah. and engagement. Yeah. You know, and, and even, you know, you think about so many that, to your point, we communicate in so many ways now, whether it's text or, or all those things. Yeah. So, how, you know, the importance of capturing yeah. all of that yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is tremendous. So it is. Very, what, yeah. It's super cool, but we have to be careful, I think, as, yeah. as the people, people and, you know, those looking at the data that you don't get too caught up with the data because there's, you know, data can tell you one thing, but what's, what's reality and what are you seeing and what are the stories you're hearing? So we just have to be cognizant. I think of data is good, but you know, how you interpret that data still takes a human brain and and we need to, we need to stay focused on that human aspect of it. Yeah. That's uh, so, so very true. <laughs> you know, it's easy to, it's easy to get lost in the, in the technology and the data. That's for yeah. sure. And for forget yeah. the human side. So, right. well, yeah. Annie, this is just tremendous insight. I greatly thank you for being on. I could talk all afternoon about this stuff. So uh, me um, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So I think I encourage all organizations out there to really, you know, take a step back and think about, what they're doing in terms of some of these topics we've talked about today and a uh, fun plug. We, we do have an HR consulting practice that can help right. companies with a lot of these things too. So um, it's not something to Annie's point. It's not something you have to tackle alone. That's true. You know, yep. Get, get your experts involved. Well, <laughs> well, thank you, Annie. And um, again, just tremendous fun having you on and, yeah, appreciate it, Doug. We'll certainly do it again soon and do a, even a deeper dive into into some of these topics. So That sounds great. And if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 